All right, here we go. It is that betting show on 610 Sports Radio. We're here for the next hour talking all things betting, getting set for one of the best weekends of the year, divisional round weekend in the NFL. We will get a full breakdown of all four games. John Lanfranca of the Action Network. We've had him on a couple times throughout this football season. He's going to join me as we'll both go through the divisional round slate. That's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. I want to get his perspective, obviously, on the Chiefs and the Jags game but also want to make sure we focus in on Buffalo and Cincinnati. What I think is going to be a great game between Dallas and San Francisco. And then of course the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the New York Giants. One of the surprises from this past weekend, they were underdogs against Minnesota. A lot of people thought the Giants had a chance to win that game. And still they were an underdog. They got the victory. The Jags, of course, an underdog against the Chargers last weekend ended up getting the victory. We ended up just three and three against the spread last week. So it's just a, a 500 week for us on our official Goldilocks picks. But if you did listen and went ahead and put money on the Jags money line as well, then you came out ahead last week. And I got Julio Sanchez producing the show. As always, you can hit us up on the text line, 913-586-7610. You can also interact on Twitter at Alex Gold at 610 Sports KC. A lot to get to. Of course, yes, divisional round weekend, as I mentioned. I also... Here in about six minutes or so, I want to get into something that's going on in the state of Ohio. And you're like, why are we worried about the state of Ohio? Well, it's something that could impact sports betting in Kansas and then maybe one day in Missouri, whenever Missouri uh, gets it legalized, which, of course, over the next couple months will be something I'll be tracking uh, as the state of Missouri looks to potentially legalize sports wagering. But there's a story out of Ohio uh, in college athletes and betting. And I, I think it's interesting and it could lay in the groundwork uh, for what could happen across the entire country. I'll explain uh, what that is, I thought it was a really interesting development over the last week or so and some comments from some college basketball coaches. Uh, but let's get things started off with the Chiefs and the Jags. An early look at this game, and then I'll have, uh, we'll get into it during Goldie Locks. But the Chiefs are 8.5-point favorites against the Jags. The total for the game is sitting at 52.5 points. And depending on where you're at, if you look, you can still find you see some 9s out there. 9.5 is where this opened up at some spots as well. And depending on which side you like, obviously the nine or eight and a half is a big difference for you. If you're someone that's thinking about back in the Jags, obviously you, you want to find the nine or you want to look to see if you believe you can wait towards kickoff and it goes back up. If you're someone that is already leaning towards backing the Chiefs uh, and it's at eight and a half and I'm telling you there's still nines on the board, you probably want to grab that eight and a half while you can at this point in time. It depends on where you're at. For, for me, how I'm going to attack this game in one area, I think it's interesting to look at the first half betting. So you can go and look at first half spread, for example. And there's two different numbers that are out there. Uh, at FanDuel, for example, the Chiefs are minus five and a half for the first half. So can they be up six points or more at halftime? Some other spots uh, have it at, at, at six flat, which means, of course, a push at six. You need them to be up by seven in order for you to win. So a big difference between the five and a half and the six points. I like the first half as an angle to target in this game. I understand there's been times this year where maybe the Chiefs hadn't got off to a fast start themselves, and then there's been betting opportunities in games, right, where you were able to make some money, specifically that Raiders game where the Chiefs were down early. They were plus money, and we talked about that on this show. How that was a great opportunity to make some money. Um, the Jags are not a good first-half team point differential-wise. Look at this. So the Jags are minus 11, and this this does not include last week's playoff game for somebody that might already be thinking, well, yeah, obviously the – Second half stuff is skewed. They came back. They were down 27 nothing. They were down 27-7 at halftime. The Jags are minus 11 point differential in the first half. They were plus 65 in the second half. 
So quite a bit difference between first half and second half. So I, I really like the first half bet for Kansas City in this game. First half minus five and a half. If you get it at six, I don't, I'm not uh, quite a fan of it as much because I think Kansas City can be up six at halftime. And then the question from there will be, as we saw, can you put the Jags away? Can, can you make sure that they don't even have the opportunity to think they still have a shot in this game? So that's one area where I'm going to be looking from a betting end. Uh, one trend just to point out from the folks over at Bet Labs. Since 2003, teams that have become smaller underdogs in the playoffs, and you're saying, well, what, what is that? So, for example, as I mentioned, the Jags opened up at 9.5-point underdogs last Sunday night. It's now down to 8.5. So, smaller underdogs, right? Since 2003, the, when that has happened, those teams have gone 44-18-2 against the spread. That's 71% of the time they've covered. So if you're a trend better, the Jags fit this trend. 71% of the time when what happened with the line movement happens, that team ends up covering. If you were already thinking about Jacksonville covering, that's obviously a trend you're going to put in your back pocket and say, all right, this is more, this is more motivation for me potentially to make that bet. Um, I like the Chiefs in the first half, minus six or five and a half. Um, but I do like Jacksonville. If you can find it at nine or nine and a half, I do like Jacksonville to cover the nine or nine and a half in this game. It's a playoff game. It's very difficult to win by double digits in the postseason. We just saw how things played out this past weekend. Look, Kansas City's going to win this football game. I think the only question is whether they cover. And I, I think that's why you attack the first half. Kansas City up early. Maybe Jacksonville gets a backdoor cover late in the game. I could see the Chiefs even up 13 points or so at some point in the second half but you open the back door a little bit for Jacksonville. And so that's why, in particular, I like the first half bet more than an overall game bet. Um, we know these teams played each other earlier this season in Week 10. The Jags, at that point, fell to 3-7. and seven. Much different teams since then, at least confidence-wise. I think that's the, think like the advantage for Jacksonville. I don't think they have a clear advantage in this game other than they got no pressure whatsoever. Nobody's expecting them to come into Arrowhead and win on Saturday afternoon. They also have all kinds of confidence. You're down 27 nothing, and you come back and beat the L.A. Chargers. They got all kinds of confidence. The Chiefs could be up by that 13 points that I'm mentioning, and it's not like the Jags are going to panic. Of course, it's a different feeling being down to Patrick Mahomes by 13 than Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley and some of the coaching issues that we saw come up in the second half of that football game. But I do think if you're looking truly at these two teams, I mean, Kansas City has the edge in just about every single area. And for me, there's some prop bets that you can attack for this game as well. We'll get to that during our same game parlay for the weekend because it's a Jags team, guys, that does not fare well against tight ends. And look, they're going up against the best tight end in football and a future Hall of Famer, Travis Kelsey. So they're dead last in DVOA against opposing tight ends. We're going to use that part of our same game parlay a little bit later on the show. How about Jarek McKinnon? Well, the Jags, they give the fourth most explosive plays to opposing running backs on screen plays. So we're going to use that to build our same game parlay a little bit later on in the weekend uh, for our same game parlay with Jarek McKinnon. So that's coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but just a quick note on the, the Jags game before we get a full breakdown for the entire divisional round weekend with John Lanfranco of the Action Network coming up in about uh, eight minutes or so. Uh, I had someone uh, ask me earlier about the, the total for the game. So this one's going to be interesting to watch. It's, it's 52 and a half. 52 and a half is the total for the Chiefs and Jags. And now you're starting to see you know, some weather maybe going to be in the area out at Arrowhead. We don't have a clear indication yet of just how much, but 
the last check, I was just talking to somebody actually in our newsroom from over on the, the KMBZ side, and there's a chance at kickoff you could start to have some snow. Now, nobody's predicting a, a, a blizzard or anything like that, but how does that impact the game? And what I've mentioned multiple times throughout this entire football season when it comes to totals, typically it's not the snow and the rain that impacts the number when we're betting totals. It's whether or not it's going to be really windy and that impacts passing the football. Right now, it's only showing like seven mile per hour wind, and it's going to be cold, and it's going to be maybe a chance of some snow during the game. If that changes, I think you'll see the total drop a little bit. If all of a sudden it's going to be windy and it's going to be a mess out there, yeah, that that total might drop. Right now, it's not. I don't think the weather for me personally is going to impact the total for the game. Like I keep throwing scores in my mind of what I think this game is going to be and how you get to fifty two and a half, fifty three points in the divisional round playoff game might seem high, but the Jags. Over their last four games, you take a look, including the postseason, they're a 30-plus point per game team over the last couple weeks. We know what the Chiefs are capable of offensively. It's the best offense in football. But look at what Jacksonville's done even offensively over the last couple weeks. Obviously, last week against the Chargers, they they had to score 31 points to get the win, 31-30. The one game that they weren't able to do that, so uh, prior to that, was against Tennessee, 20 points. They scored 31 prior to that, then 19, and then 40, and then 36. So this team's capable of putting up points. Now, it's against the Texans and the Titans and the Cowboys' defense at that point in time. But that's why I still look at the total for the game, and I think both these offenses, guys, are going to be able to move the football a little bit to where I'm confident in in rolling with the over 52.5 points for this game. Uh, We'll get a full betting breakdown, as I mentioned, coming up in, in about six or seven minutes now. Uh, but I want to turn our attention to Ohio for a second. And I, I know typically we don't ever talk about another state in terms of sports betting and how that relates to Kansas uh, or the Kansas City area or Missouri who might get sports wagering. But there was an interesting story coming out of there that I think could go nationwide and impact the state here. And that is that uh, regulators there suggest that Ohio could ban bettors who harass college athletes. So this is a story that has been a problem. And I don't think anybody is probably surprised to hear that, unfortunately, whether it was fantasy football players for many, many years, sending tweets and hateful tweets towards athletes, sliding into DMs of athletes and threatening them because they lost their damn fantasy football team. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, right? Well, it's happening to college athletes in Ohio, and I'm sure it's happening to college athletes across the country as well. So the Ohio Casino Control Commission said they're concerned about Ohio betters harassing collegiate athletes over their performances and they're saying they could move to ban individuals from Ohio betting markets in the future. It's not something that's guaranteed to happen. But in their, their bill that passed in Ohio, the state does have authority to put harassers on an exclusion list from all gambling in the state. And they said the commission could look into using that power. This comes after the Dayton Flyers, their basketball program. They lost to uh, VCU back on uh, January 13th, uh, last Friday, 63-62. And then the team defeated Davidson uh, 68-61. And actually, Dayton's having a good year, right? They're first place in the Atlantic 10. But after the game, their, their head coach, Anthony Grant, began his post-game press conference. He defended his players from attacks from people who have what he's saying is their own agenda. He didn't specifically mention sports betting, but he said, quote, there's some laws that have recently been enacted that really, to me, it could really change the landscape of what college sports is all about. And when we have people that make it about themselves and attack kids because of their own agenda... It sickens me. They went on to thank a lot of fans. But I I think this is not going to go away as sports betting 
continues to get legalized, right? It's, to me, not unique to sports betting, though. I mentioned fantasy sports as well. I have no problem with this, the notion that, hey, look, if you're going to if you're gonna harass especially collegiate athletes, it's, one, it's bad enough doing it professional athletes, but a 19-year-old kid that's playing college basketball or college football, you're going you're gonna to send him, hate him or her, hateful tweets because you lost your bet? I want you you're, to me. You're not you know, mature. Might be the right word. You shouldn't be betting then. Like you, I have no problem if you want to tell me that states are considering doing something like this, Julio. We've all lost a bad bet because someone missed a missed a shot or whatever. Like we've all been there. If you've bet on sports, it happens. That's the risk you have when you bet on sports, especially again, 19, 20 year old kids. I think it's. I do think it is ridiculous if you're going to be attacking a student athlete because you lost your bet and there, there should be some punishment. It shouldn't just be open reign to go and harass people. I mean, I, I like, I like that law in theory. I like it, yeah. but where, where do you draw the line? Cause is a mean tweet. Is that, is that really harassing somebody, you know, versus to me, it, threatening? Like if you just say, Hey, like if, to me, if it's in a threatening manner, then that would qualify to me for, for I would be okay with them considering excluding people from uh, betting. And we're talking about just the collegiate sports here. Now, like, if someone just says, like, you suck, if that's what you're saying, like, obviously, whatever. Like, I mean, that, that's it is what it is, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Like, where do you draw the yeah, line? Yeah, this is like, a fine line. Yeah, I mean, I think if it's threatening, like, if it is threatening harm towards an individual, right? I, you know, we had uh, Michael Irvin on our show earlier today, and this is talking about a professional athlete. I understand that. But, of course, Brett Maher Mar missed four extra points, right? Believe me, I, I had money <laughs> on the Cowboys. Uh, Barber knows that. Uh, him and I made a nice little wager, perhaps. Um, but... I had money on that, and I was upset with the kicker as well. Now, it's a professional athlete, and I you know, I tweet out, like, make the damn kick. I don't tag the guy. I don't send him a DM. Michael Irvin said somebody slid into Maher's DMs and said, hey, if you miss another kick in the postseason, you know, I'm going to shove this foot up your you-know-what and all this. Like, that kind of stuff is where it's different. I don't even different. know if that's – I mean, unless he's threatening his life. I mean, uh, threatening to put your foot up someone's butt I, but is that, different. But than... that's a professional athlete. If you do that to a college kid, though, I, I, don't, I think that's, that's where it's a different level for me. A professional athlete, it's probably different. It but is a, different. A nineteen-year-old kid, if you're saying like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat your ass if you miss another free throw," like, yeah, that that to me is grounds for what they're potentially considering doing in Ohio. That's the difference for me. So it's just something to watch. Uh, we'll we'll see if anything comes from it. And obviously, a, a warning kind of shot fired there by uh, the regulators in Ohio. And I'll just tell you this: like, if Ohio did it, they would not be the only state. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it's one to watch. If if Ohio's willing to consider it. Other states, I think, would be willing to consider it as well. All right, coming up next, we get right back into actually betting on the games this week in divisional round playoffs. John Lanfranca of the Action Network joins me as we break down all four games this weekend. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, back here on That Betting Show. Thanks for hanging out with us till 8 o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio. We'll get to the futures market, back to the futures, coming up in about 15 minutes or so, and also the same game parlay of the weekend. This weekend, it is a 10-to-1 parlay, and it is all focused in on the Chiefs. Mentioned uh, a couple of the receivers for the Chiefs that I like to attack this weekend, and of course, we'll wrap things up with the Goldilocks for the weekend, but... Let's run through all of these divisional playoff games and excited to welcome in John Lanfranca of the Action Network once again to help me out with that. John, great to have you on the show, man. It is uh, it is one of those better weekends of the year, to say the least. 
Yeah, absolutely. Some of the best football being played. And thanks, as always, for having me on, Alex. Yeah, so I, I opened the show talking a little bit about the Jags and Chiefs. Let, let's start there again. Uh, there's some nine still out on the board, but it's pretty much eight and a half right now in favor of the Chiefs and the total at 52 and a half points. Just what's your, your, your first reaction, first uh, looking at that board and seeing the Chiefs as eight and a half point favorites? You know, at first you see the Jags come back and win a game. You see the way Trevor Lawrence played in the second half. And you're like, man, I'm going to be taking these points. But that's, you know, that's the recency bias built in. And as I dug deeper and thought about the game, you know, Jags 26th in past PVOA since we played them in week 10. And I really feel like this is, you know, this is a 34 the 38-point explosion by the Chiefs' offense. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good right now laying the points of the Chiefs, as crazy as it sounds. Yeah, I was mentioning, you know, I, I think to me the first half might be an angle to attack just based off of what the Jags have been as a first-half team compared to a second-half team. And I'm not even just talking about last week, obviously, where they had where they had the comeback. But I, I think some of the, the logic for a lot of people on the minus 8.5 is that, look, uh, the Jaguars last go around lost by 10 and the Chiefs had three turnovers, right? Like the Chiefs were you know, were minus three in the turnover margin and they they still beat a team by double digits. Like the first time that's happened since 2018. Yeah, and th- like we can look at trends both ways and, and I do like the first half trend based on the way the Jags have played. Um, but again, like here's a trend. One, a one seeds over the last 20 years, eight and 24. 25 against uh, 25% against if they're fewer than 10 points favorite. So Chiefs are right in there. And you know, the Chiefs total QBR season, 95.3 QBR. That's 27th in the league. There's no team remaining in the playoffs in the bottom 14, you know, besides the Chiefs. So, I mean, those things can scare you. And then I looked at it and I said, well, look at, let's look at the Jags defense. They play the Titans twice, Texans and Jets. They give up a per game. Um, in those games since we since we played them in Week Ten, but with the Chiefs, Chargers, Cowboys, Lions, and Ravens with Lamar Jackson, they gave up 31.6 points per game. So I, I really do feel like um, Jacksonville is going to have to not turn the football over if they're going to hang around in this game at all. Yeah, I think. I mean, look, the Chiefs are just flat out a better football team. Uh, and if if the Chiefs don't have the the turnover mistakes that they had the last go around, I just find it very difficult for. For Jacksonville, and I, not even difficult, I, the Jags won't win this football game unless the Chiefs have a, a Colts-like performance with special teams blunders and turnovers. I just don't think it's really possible at that point for, for Jacksonville. The total 52.5, though, John, I mean, the weather, there's a chance, could come into play here a little bit, but it's not supposed to be windy or anything like that. There's just maybe a little bit of snow during the game. It's going to be cold. Uh, what, what does the total look like for you? Because I lean over. Uh, I lean over as well. I'm actually kind of mad at myself that I didn't bet it when it opened 51 and a half. And I'm actually, the weather can, can uh, get some action on the under so they can drop it back down to the to 51 ish territory, 51 kind of uh, one of the key numbers and totals. Not he has um, you know, like three, four, seven on the side, but you know, there are some uh, key numbers there in totals. So if you want to, I'm definitely going to be playing, uh, playing the over. We're talking to John Lanfranca of the Action Network, taking a look at, at betting this divisional round weekend. Before we move on to the next game, prop bet-wise, is there any area you kind of like? I'm, I'm going to give some out a little bit later on. I, I certainly think Travis Kelsey finally gets in the end zone. It's been since week 13. Uh, he's minus money, of course, to do so, but it's been a little bit since he finds the end zone. Yeah, actually, I did lay in parlay today um, a, an alternate total 
think I dropped it down to like 47-ish. Or McKinnon receiving yards over and the Chiefs to cover, you know, you get – I think I, I used a boost at points bet to get it around 10 to 1. Just feels like such a good value. Um, I also obviously took the old reliable Mahomes rushing yards over in the playoffs. I don't know the hit rate with that one, but it feels really high. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's worked out really well. We're going to try to reconnect with John. We're breaking up a little bit, John. So let's try to reconnect uh, with him, and we'll bring him back on for the other games. Uh, John and Franco of the Action Network. I'm sure we'll get him reconnected here in just a little bit. Um, yeah, the, the the prop bets, uh, and, and he's talking about the rushing total in particular. Let me take a look at where the number is at uh, for Patrick Mahomes rushing. And, and we all know he's had, I mean, one of his most iconic plays, I guess, in, in the postseason, of course, involved him running the football, going back to the Super Bowl year against the Tennessee Titans, that epic run against Tennessee. Uh, the rushing yard total for Mahomes at FanDuel is sitting at 25 and a half. That's where the number is right now. You might want to look around and see if you can't find it at a, at a different number as well. 25 and a half. Let's see how many times Mahomes has gone over that number so far this season. So he went over it against the Raiders. He had 29 yards rushing. Uh, he did it against Houston. And let's see, also against the Rams. So we've gone over, uh, take a look here. Uh, bu- 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 one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times this year as we welcome back in John. I was telling them at 25 and a half, the rushing total, they got over, Mom's gone over that eight times this year. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I think I saw the stat that he averaged around 29 to 30 yards per game, you know, rushing. Um, in his career in playoff games. But, you know, we've seen it enough. Like, it's, I've watched enough Chiefs football just to kind of know the feel. Uh, sure. Mahomes is more willing to run, uh, you know, in bigger games. All right, let's turn our attention to the other AFC game. This one's going to be, of course, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the, the line movement here continues to go in Buffalo Bills' favor. The Bills up to five-and-a-half-point favorites against Cincinnati. The total at 49-and-a-half. And, and I understand the offensive line injury there for, for Cincinnati, but – like, I, I think that's too many points for Buffalo. I, I really like Cincinnati to cover the five and a half. Yeah, I'm actually, this is my, uh, I'll be writing this game up for Action Network, and I am totally with you on the Bengals. So I kind of dug into the, the offline woes. And Kappa, the guard, I think he has kind of a loss. But Jonah Williams has given up 13 sacks this year. That's the most in the NFL. And Lyle Collins, he actually ranks 79th of 82 qualifying tackles according to pff pass block grade so it may be a little bit overblown and overstated the impact um, of the offensive line and joe burrow he's only been averaging 6.9 air yards per throw since since they're by in week 10 that's 27th in the league yet i mean they're ninth in pass offense dpoa they're undefeated they average about 27 points per game so i think it's kind of it's inflated the line people being too concerned about these two offensive lines, especially the tackles. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was too many points when it was at four, man, and it, and it keeps going to five and a half. I, I don't think we're going to see a six before kickoff, are we? I, I would that. I mean, I would I'd be stunned if we can get this thing up to six. I would love it as someone uh, that that's back in Cincinnati would like to back Cincinnati in this game. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to bet the money line as well, but <laughs> I also wrote up a look ahead line last Monday. And I said, take the Bengals plus four. They were four at the time. So then the next day they moved to five when I got it. And now I'm like, wow, we're really going to five and a half. But um, I'm going st- yeah, to stick with five. I think anything five, four and a half is fine too. Unlikely the game lands right at five. Probably will now that I said that. But five <laughs> or better. And then obviously I like a little sprinkle on the money line as well. 
All right, let's go to the NFCs. We're talking to John Lanfranca of the Action Network here on That Betting Show. Alex Gold, Julio Sanchez with you. Uh, the other Saturday game uh, after Kansas City in Jacksonville, it's the NFC East showdown between the Giants and the Eagles. This one in Philly. We know the number one seed. We saw the Giants, of course, go and take down the three-seed Vikings last week. Philly, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The total, 48-and-a-half points. Are, are you surprised by this one as well? Because is this just uh, Philadelphia uh, not knowing what Jalen Hurts for sure is going to look like after missing some time, even if we saw a glimpse of him in the final week of the regular season? Or, or is this fans looking at the Giants and looking at Brian Dable, what he continues to do? You know, I, I, I hate to kind of fall into the recency bias of taking the Giants and the points, but I do think over a touchdown is worth it, mainly because the Giants have changed the way they play defense. They were blitzing at a league high rate. They blitzed the, the Eagles in week 14. 46% of the time they played man coverage, which is a terrible, it's a recipe for disaster versus a team. You don't want to turn your back on Jalen Hurts. You get these Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and man coverage. But they've dropped since since week 15 through 18. They've only played man 20% of the time. Last week versus Minnesota, only 15% of the time. And what I think is going to happen is both these teams are going to run the ball more often, especially if the Giants are in a too-high shell. And I think the Giants can run it versus Philly, which will shorten the game. I lean under the total here. And I think that kind of, you know, obviously if we, if we like the under, we'd probably lean the dog. And that's kind of how I see the game playing out. Looking at some of the, the prop bets for that game, you, you mentioned the run game. So I imagine you, you like Barkley and, and Miles Sanders in this game, or how are you attacking it from a, a prop perspective? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do, I do like Barkley. It's, it's odd because the, the touches, I mean, weren't there last week. I mean, <laughs> mainly because Daniel Jones was running so much. Um, I, I'm, I don't really, I don't really feel too strongly about any of the props in this game. Uh, like I said, it's more the total and the Giants as dogs. Just like not that many possessions, so I don't want to go over, um, you know, over on a lot of these props. That could keep it under. That could, you know, less plays. We could see a team run like you know, 50 to 55 plays. You know, that's obviously would, would hurt the chances of of going over on some of these props. Final game from divisional round weekend, uh, Dallas three and a half point dogs on the road, taking on San Francisco. The total for the game uh, sitting at 46 and a half points. We all saw what Dallas did on, on Monday night football to the bucks. Uh, and I thought I, I never understood the, the talk around Tampa. We talked about it last week. We had seen them play all year. I, I don't know why everybody suddenly thought that magically the bucks were going to figure things out. Now is Dallas uh, getting still too much respect now at three and a half. Because uh, for me, I, I like Dallas at plus three and a half in this game. I'm waiting for that moment where Brock Purdy does turn into a pumpkin a little bit. Uh, maybe you would argue it happened in the first half against Seattle. Um, but he hasn't faced a, a defense at this level like Dallas at this point in time where they've got their full arsenal defensively. Yeah, I mean, I was just you know watching that game with Dallas. You know, player to player, they have probably the most talent in the league on defense. And I know the 49ers, you can make the case, especially up front, the D-line. But, man, like, I know – and that's why I was worried about Dallas in the first round. Basically, league average um, since about week 13, where they were the second-best defense the first you know, 12 weeks of the season for the Cowboys. The thing that I – reason I do lean Dallas in this game, the 49ers offense have only played three top 12 opponents in defensive DVA all season. The Broncos, they scored 11. Now the Commanders, they did blow out, scored 37 versus them. And the Saints, they put up 13. So, I mean, two of the three hard, difficult defenses they went against, they were, you know, held to 13 or fewer points. 
And I, I, you know, that that gives me pause. And I probably will avoid uh, the 49ers because of that. I do think this is the hardest game uh, of the weekend to pick. John Lanfranca of the Action Network. Uh, always appreciate the insight, man. Enjoy a great divisional round weekend. And we'll catch up hopefully at, at some point uh, before or after the Super Bowl. Sounds good. Thanks as always for having me. There you go. Good insight from John here on that betting show. Up next, I want to go back to the futures. We'll take a look at the Super Bowl odds, the AFC, NFC conference odds, and who could end up with the most passing yards this NFL postseason. That's next. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Back to the futures. I catch him into the future. All right, back here on That Betting Show, and it is time to go back to the futures. Last week, we took a look at the NFL market and the Big 12 market for conference odds. We can revisit that as well. We kind of told you potentially like how to approach that, and uh, the Wildcats lost to TCU since then, but they also, of course, beat KU. So we can take a glimpse of that in a second if you want. But I want to start with the Super Bowl, of course. Updated odds now that we're down uh, to the final eight teams. The Chiefs are your Super Bowl favorite still. Three to one odds. The Buffalo Bills plus 330. The Niners... Despite being the two seed, plus four fifty, have better odds than the Philadelphia Eagles, who are five to one. Cincinnati, they get Buffalo this weekend. We know uh, Cincy hovering still around plus seven fifty. They were plus nine hundred a week or so ago. The Cowboys plus eight fifty, and then two long shots out there, twenty five to one. The Giants thirty three to one. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Giants and Jags. It's the first time that two teams have been hundred and one or worse uh, Super Bowl odds in the preseason to then make the divisional round since 1987. So it just tells you what those expectations were. That's why Brian Dable and Doug Peterson should be getting all kinds of credit. I mean, their their teams were not expected to, to go anywhere near the divisional round this season. One of them won their division in the Jags, and the other one, of course, were in the toughest division in football, and they found a way to make it to the divisional round and maybe put up a, a strong fight here against the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Uh, for me, at this point, if you, you probably already have your positions, you probably have your tickets already on who you thought would win the Super Bowl or think will win the Super Bowl. There's still maybe some value if you think uh, suddenly a performance from this past weekend changed your, your feeling and confidence. You know where I'm at, on, not only on the Chiefs from earlier this season to win the Super Bowl. I'm still there, still have that position. The Cowboys, I, I have that ticket out there for the Chiefs and Cowboys to meet in the Super Bowl. Right now, the Cowboys are plus 850. I, we'll get to the Goldilocks at the end of the show, but I think the Cowboys can beat the 49ers. I certainly like the Cowboys to cover the three and a half points. I think last week, Julio, we had someone texting in. Uh, and you're welcome to text in again, whoever you were, calling me an idiot for taking the Cowboys to to cover and win against the Bucks. I'd love to hear from Who's you. Who's the idiot uh, now? I'd love, I'd love to hear from you uh, on this saying? week's edition of, of that betting show. Uh, but the Cowboys, I think they can cover against the 49ers. I also think they can win that game. The Super Bowl MVP odds, Patrick Mahomes still remains the favorite, plus 350. Josh Allen, 4-1. Jalen Hurts, 7-1. Brock Purdy, plus 750. I think he's an interesting one uh, if you're someone that doesn't think they're going to lose to the Cowboys this weekend. Brock Purdy at plus 750 is really, really interesting. Understandably so, Patrick Mahomes remains the favorite at plus 350. What's kind of fun to look at and where I want to get everybody's thoughts on, and I certainly have some, is the prop market for the rest of the postseason. Most playoff passing yards. We all know there's going to be an uneven amount of games played for some teams. Some teams are going to play one game, some two. Maybe you play three, depending on how far you go. Do you get to the Super Bowl or not? And right now, the favorite for most playoff passing yards is Josh Allen, plus 175. Now, he already played a playoff game. We know he's getting at least two. He had 352 yards uh, passing last week. So he's at 352. He's already got that in the bank. 
352. Brock Purdy's 5-1 to one for most passing yards here in the postseason, to finish, I should say, with most passing yards in the postseason. And then Patrick Mahomes is plus 550. Well, Brock Purdy's sitting at 332 yards passing. Mahomes, of course, has none. He hasn't played a game yet. If you just go at typical Mahomes numbers, you can probably bank on about 320 yards passing this weekend against the Jags, at least. And then you're really playing a game of, all right, how many games is he getting? I think most people believe the Bills are going to beat Cincinnati this weekend. So that means Josh Allen's getting three games at least. And of course, he gets the Super Bowl. It's game over. He'll win this because that's four games and like he's he's going to be the winner at that most passing yards. For Patrick Mahomes to have the most passing yards in the postseason, he has to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's plain and simple. The math, I mean, yeah, Josh Allen, I guess, could lose to Cincinnati. So let's say Josh Allen gets another 300 yards and loses. So then he's still up over 300 yards on you. Then at that point, if he loses, you're playing Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow would probably have 300 yards on you. Then you'd be in a spot where you would have to get to the Super Bowl, like I said, because you would need to beat Joe Burrow to stay within 300. And then you're asking yourself to maybe have 340 yards passing the Super Bowl. That's the kind of that, those are the kind of situations that you have to play out if you're going to bet on who's going to have the most passing yards. I don't. If you think the Chiefs go in the Super Bowl, then Mahomes plus 550 have the most playoff passing yards is still a really good bet. What well, I got a sleeper for you. What okay. About, what about uh, Brock Purdy? So I like Brock Purdy on the, uh, as I said, as the under, uh, outlier for a Super Bowl MVP if you think they get there. I don't. I think the Niners lose this weekend. Brock Purdy at 5-1. to one. I mean, he's, he's very close to what Josh Allen did yardage. But again, uh, I still think even in that scenario, it would take Josh Allen not making the Super Bowl and Brock Purdy making it. Because again, those two guys just have a late, those two guys have a game up on everybody. Brock Purdy... The way they play offensively and running the ball, it seems unlikely, even if we got a Niners-Bills Super Bowl, doesn't it, that he would finish with more yards than Josh Allen? Like, to me, he needs Josh Allen out of the equation. I feel like oh, 100%. For, for that to be real. 5-1, to one, very similar odds to Patrick Mahomes. And he like he already has a, a game up on you, and Mahomes is still sitting at, at plus 550. Longer shot ones out there, Joe Burrow, 8-1. to one. If they pull off the upset against Buffalo, that becomes in play. That becomes decent value. Uh, and I have no interest, of course, on anything for Daniel Jones at 14 to 1 or Trevor Lawrence uh, at, at 20 to 1. Uh, real quick, it's another futures bet to keep it on. I mentioned I want to go back to college basketball a little bit because we did it uh, last week. Let me see if I can still pull it up. I don't know if there's any Big 12 games tonight. Usually it's a Thursday. We shouldn't have any. So I should still be able to pull up outright odds for the Big 12. Yes, I can. Here we go. Over at FanDuel. So the latest KU minus 150 to win the Big 12. This is regular season. Texas six to one, Iowa State six to one, K State plus six fifty, TCU fifteen to one. I believe last week when we were doing this, K State was like nine to one, and we talked about, hey, look, if you think K State can beat KU, then you should bet on K State. Last week, value wise, I didn't think they were going to lose to TCU in between there, unfortunately for K State fans, but they beat KU, and so now if you have that nine to one ticket, you've got better value than what you had. Before And now that K-State beat KU, K-State's going to be in the mix. They're going to be in the mix to win the Big 12. I still think Kansas is in a great spot. If KU would have beat K-State, then KU, to me, would have pretty much guaranteed themselves at least a share of the Big 12. They would have moved to minus 260, minus 250. Um, But right now, I still don't hate the bet uh, for either Kansas, Texas, Iowa State, Kansas. Like, those are the four. Like, you can still get, even at KU at minus 150, I don't think it's terrible value. 
to win the Big 12. That's a look at the futures market here on that betting show. Goldilocks coming up in about six minutes or so, but I do want to turn our attention to the same game parlay of the weekend. I mentioned early in the show, we're going to attack the Chiefs and Jags game. Same game parlay of the weekend. It's 10 to 1. So this comes out to about uh, plus 1,013. 10 to 1 odds here. We built this a little bit earlier on today. Travis Kelsey, 60 plus receiving yards, the first leg of the same game parlay. The Jags are dead last in DVOA against opposing tight ends. Travis Kelsey, playoff time, 60-plus receiving yards is all you're asking for. That's an alternate total as well. It's not even where the number's actually set. 60-plus yards receiving for Travis Kelsey. We'll double it up with Kelsey anytime touchdown. 12 touchdowns on the year, but as I talked about with John, hasn't had one since week 13. Typically, when you're betting, the idea of, like, well, he's due is a terrible strategy. Like, don't just say, but, but... But he's due, Julio. It's the playoffs. The guy is 12 on the year. How many more weeks is he going to go without a touchdown? How many more weeks is he going to go? So I'm going Kelsey anytime touchdown as the second leg. I mentioned how bad the Jags are against opposing tight ends. So we'll go Kelsey, Kelsey, the first two legs. Then let's go Jarek McKinnon for leg number three to have 25 or more receiving yards. The Jags, they've given up the fourth most explosive plays to opposing running backs on screen passes. We've all seen what Jarek McKinnon's been doing. Not only is he a touchdown machine, but he's good for a little 15-yard reception every game. We're asking for 25 receiving yards from Jarek McKinnon for our third leg. The final leg, leg four of the 10-to-1 same-game parlay here on that betting show, a anytime touchdown for Katerius Tony. Katerius Tony, no McCall Hardman, Julio. He's uh, out. He's been officially one. ruled out. Katerius Tony. What's good about him, you don't need four or five receptions because he's going to get the ball in the red zone. And if he gets the ball on a touch pass or a bubble screen, he's so damn shifty, he can be at the four-yard line and make three guys miss and get you your four yards and get your touchdown. So those are the four legs. The longest odds of that entire one is the Kadarius Tony touchdown. But not much. I think he's like two plus two twenty or something by himself. Could we, could we throw a Chris Jones sack in there, maybe? I mean, you can. It's not yeah, absolutely. If you would like, I can. I can tell you what the odds of Chris Jones yeah, getting a sack. His first his first playoff sack. Remember, that's that's been the frustrating thing. Career year for Chris Jones. Can he get a sack finally? For his sake, I hope he does too. Like one of those things got to be so damn annoying. Yeah, right. Right. It just has to be so annoying. Uh, let me see if I can find that defensive props. Chris Jones to record a sack. What do you? What's your guess? I have it right here. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be low. I'm, I'm betting it's, it. Uh, right? It's not plus money, but it's minus one twelve either way on both uh, two way. So yes, minus one twelve. No, minus one twelve. Uh, for the record, I'm not going to put it in the parlay, but I do think he gets his first playoff sack. Yes, I'm not going to put it in the parlay. It's time, man. I don't it's need time. to put it in the parlay. Uh, if you want, go right ahead. But yeah, I do think Chris Jones gets his first playoff sack finally. Finally. That's our same game parlay of the weekend. Kelsey, 60-plus receiving yards. Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Jarek McKinnon, 25-plus receiving yards. And Kadarius Tony anytime touchdown. Up next on that betting show, the Goldilocks for Divisional Round Weekend. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Ooh, just right. 
It's time for Goldilocks. This porridge is just right. All right, let's get right into it. Remember, Goldilocks, these are against the spread and total only. We went three and three last week. So only 500 now. If you followed along and went with the money line Jags pick, you ended up coming out ahead uh, this past week. And same if you went money line with the Dallas Cowboys on top of the cut. We cleaned up on that Cowboys game against the Bucks on Monday night. So let's get into it. Chiefs minus eight and a half against the Jags, a total 52 and a half. I told you to start the show how I'm betting this game. The official pick is going to be first half spread minus five and a half for Kansas City against Jacksonville. Jacksonville struggles in the first half, much better second half team. That was before last week's comeback against the Chargers as well. Uh, The score prediction for the game as well. I I do think Jacksonville, if you can get it at eight and a half, can cover that nine. It's a push. Uh, Barber, Sean Barber, had me write it up on the board. 33-24 is my score prediction for the game. So I like the over 52 and a half points as well. How about Philadelphia minus seven and a half against the Giants? The total 48 and a half. Uh, A trend here for me, I'm going to continue to go early in in these games when the Giants and Eagles play each other. Uh, Take a look at how the New York Giants have fared in the first quarter. They're 28th in first quarter defensive DVOA, 24th in first quarter points allowed on the season. So, yeah, I like Philadelphia minus two and a half in the first quarter. Yeah, it's a first quarter bet. That's how I'm going to be attacking it as well. If you can still find Philly at minus seven instead of seven and a half, I like Philly minus seven. I think both number one seeds win pretty comfortably this weekend. Now time to attack the underdogs, the final two NFL games. I love Cincy plus five and a half at Buffalo. The total 48 and a half. This number keeps going up. It was four. Now it's five and a half. I don't think we're going to see a six. I don't get it. I understand the offensive line injury for Cincinnati, but Joe Burrow has been able to maneuver around poor offensive line play the last two postseasons. Uh, nobody's been better, really, of avoiding pressure in the pocket. We've seen it firsthand when the Chiefs have tried to bring him down. I love Cincinnati getting five and a half on the road. Like It wouldn't surprise me if they win this game outright, but if I'm going to get five and a half points in a game where Carl Jeffers is the official, you might be saying, well, well he's going to be hoping the Bills win. Games in which he officiates 11 playoff games since 2010. The under is 10 and 1. Well, if you're going to have a game go under the total, it's much harder to win by a larger spread. Another reason why I like Cincinnati to cover the five and a half. And the last one, I'm going to keep riding with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to call them my Dallas Cowboys. No way. No, 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 no. But, but Dallas plus three and a half at San Francisco. Total 46 and a half. I think we finally see more than just a first half performance from Brock Purdy like we did last week. I think we will see it more throughout the game. He hasn't played a defense like this. We're fully healthy. I think Dallas can win this thing outright. I'll take the dog getting three and a half on the road. So two favorites, two dogs, a couple first quarter and first half bets. Best of luck to everybody this divisional playoff weekend. Thanks to Julio Sanchez for producing the show. We're back at it next Thursday talking AFC, NFL, and NFC title game next. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.